When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. Two. My name is Michael E. Cohen II, and with me as always is... Is uh, Matthew uh, Whitford Haas. Okay. That's a good name. I'm, I'm Stargirl's cousin. Well, not cousin. Uh, a, um, a brother that she didn't know she had, so... I get to be like Starman, I guess, at some point. Oh, okay. we haven't really just we haven't really discussed the mechanics of it yet, but um, well, you know, got to have goals in life. Yeah, you know, um, so uh, I uh, I was at the grocery store the other day, Matt. Yeah, found a product that I think describes me completely. Oh yeah, what's that? Okay, Kraft makes a uh, um, white American cheese singles. So um, I'm a white American. I'm, che- <laughs> I'm cheesy and I'm single. So I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I should sue. <laughs> yeah, you might make a lot of money from it. So um, yeah. I mean, ugh. actually, that sounds pretty cool, though. Um, yeah, like white American. That's kind of like what they um, have at uh, Subway, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that style of cheese. Um, yeah, you can get the singles of it now. Yeah, 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 and, and um, yeah. I was also looking at the, the, the shredded cheese, and um, so they have um, at Walmart this uh, stuff called uh, Fiesta cheese. Oh, really? Yeah. I just wanted to warn people, if they ever release a Siesta cheese, <laughs> don't eat it because you might fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably has, like, Ambien in it or something, and then maybe you'll <laughs> maybe become randomly racist like Roseanne. And, um, yeah, yes. it was because of the, the ambient told me to yes. do it. That's so, a weird, yeah, weird defense, but yeah, it works. So, um, anyways, on today's show, <laughs> we are covering the last three episodes because we fell behind of Stargirl season two. 
Um, let's get right into this, Matt, okay? Um, sure. I'm going to start with um, episode two of season two. It was called Summer School Chapter Two. It was uh, directed by Andy Armaganian and uh, written by James Dale Robinson. Aired August 17th of 2021. Um, so in this episode, we had... Um, Green Lantern, Green, Green Lantern's supposed daughter introduces herself as Jenny, Jenny Lynn Scott, the daughter of the deceased JSA member Alan Scott, who was the Green Lantern. Um, Courtney is very skeptical of this, um, thinking that Jenny might be working with the ISA. And she's also kind of jealous of the fact that Pat is spending time with her to help her harness her powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which appear to be connected to her lantern. Which, I don't know why that would be a surprise, but yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, because Courtney, what I really liked about this episode is that. Um, for the first season and even with this season, I, I've been increasingly becoming frustrated with this whole gag of like Pat, like not being like a real member of the JSA and he's just Starman sidekick. And it just, it's always like this diminishing role of Pat that I guess is supposed to be played for laughs. But at the same time, it's like, well, wait a minute. He, you know, built like this huge robot. He, I mean, he, he's the one that was searching the country for like the remnants of the JSA and all this stuff, like for the artifacts and, you know, so like Jenny was the first person to say like, Oh, like, Oh my God, you're Pat Dugan. Like you're, you're a complete legend. And everyone's like, he is. And he's like, I am. And she's like, yeah, you're stripes and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, I just really like that, you know, aspect of it that like finally Pat is, some, you know, getting his due somewhat because like I just never got this idea of like Pat's a lowly sidekick to Starman and he's really not like legitimate. Like I just, I'm like, where does this idea even come from? Because the person I'm seeing doesn't reflect well, what they see in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, the thing, the thing is, is like he may have been, but. You know, in the comics, we've had situations like where Robin becomes Nightwing and things of that nature, you know, where sidekicks outgrow the sidekick aspect, you know, and become their own person, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Andy Richter had his own sitcom. So, um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, it's, uh, he has his own podcast right now, too. So, yeah. It's a really well, good Everyone one. does it. Yeah, everyone does at this point. Yeah, uh, I, I think if you don't have a podcast, there's something wrong. Um, <laughs> right. But um, the uh, so yeah, I mean, I I, I think the whole diminishing of uh, Pat is kind of like you know not cool. I mean, but now he seems to be almost like the like de facto. He's kind of like the the like Oracle or Alfred or like 
you know, leader of, or like, you know, the, the man in charge that helps out the superheroes, which is, and then is actually one himself. So it's, you know, he's, he's kind of yeah. both, you know, so it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, anyways, um, in the episode, then Courtney, uh, tends uh, summer school with Yolanda. Yeah. Um, Pat then um, has introduced uh, Jenny to the other members of the JSA. Mm-hmm. Courtney uh, berates her, but later apologizes when she realizes that she is jealous that Jenny is actually the daughter of a superhero while she is not, which, you know, is something she thought all of last season. Yeah. Yeah. And plus two, like you said, of all the attention she's plus two, she was she was kind of both jealous and I think felt a little bit guilty because, you know, she was always treating Pat kind of somewhat badly and stuff, whereas Jenny is automatically started looking up to him from like the start. Yeah. So then she kind of wishes that that's how she treated Pat from the beginning kind of thing. Yeah. And she I mean, and, and I, th- I think the thing that courtney needs to come to grips with is that her dad is a superhero meaning pat because pat is really the only dad she's really had you know what i mean yeah exactly because Um, because it's like that because her real dad's kind of a loser so yeah yeah he's like a schemer type of thing or whatever like always always looking for like the the next gig who's gonna you know strike it rich type thing and you know of course every gig falls through because you know, you're not just going to like magically find a job that's going to like pay you like a hundred thousand dollars a year starting like, you know, or whatever. Like, um, yeah, well, that's, that, that's, that's like, why, I, that's why we podcast. Cause that's what we get paid. Right. Oh yeah. We get, we get so much money from it. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, it's fun. Anyway, so, um, the, uh, the, um, Jenny is, um, actually just kind of, she, she's feeling really, um, isolated and emotional about her brother because she's, she, her brother's missing. His name is Todd. Um, she, uh, ends up breaking the lantern and strengthens her powers. Pat deduces that she herself is the energy source and not the lantern. I still don't understand. I don't get, I don't really understand that. I, I thought the whole point was, yeah, the whole point of the green lantern was that it was transferred from one person to the next. And then, you know what I mean? Like you're, you yourself are not the lantern. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they'll do something new with this, but. Speaking of Green Lantern, I think in the future we should actually cover for our uh, our um, you know <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Films series. We should yes. we, we should cover the uh, Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, um. it just came. It's it's streaming on I think both Netflix and HBO Max right now. So okay. So I, I think we should cover that because I don't remember much of that movie at all. So I only I don't know. I saw I saw it when it came out in the theaters and. I saw it with uh, my friend Aaron, and I just remember driving. Like, we just kind of 
drove around after, you know, just talked about movie and stuff like that. I barely remember that conversation. Like that movie, just like, I don't know yeah. what it did to me, but like, <laughs> but yeah, part of me wants to watch it again just to see, cause I haven't watched it since it came out on video originally. So, you know, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, um, and I don't even know if I watched the whole thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Pat deduces that uh, that Jenny herself is the source of the of energy, not the lantern, which I don't understand either. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, there's an antiquities uh, collector named Richard Swift who calls Barbara um, to ask about um, William's equipment. Um, Pat, you know, uh, she he he seemed suspicious. To Barbara, so Barbara lets Pat know about this, and uh, Pat later identifies Swift as the Shade. Um, elsewhere, um, we see Cindy, who uh, visits her uh, stepmother, um, Bobby Burnham, Berman. I mean, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> and because uh, she has, you know, the 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 Eclipso Stone. Um, she struggles to control Eclipso and inadvertently allows him to consume Bobby. <laughs> so Bobby mm-hmm. is bye bye. Um. <laughs> no, no. I, I love the way this episode opened up too with um, her dancing to girls just want to have fun. Yeah. Um, and like she's like breaking all of the stuff in the house, like just like throwing glasses on the floor. Yeah. And uh, and just uh, trying to like. I don't know, just try to get some freedom or whatever. And then Cindy shows up and like, Oh damn it. He's like, he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm back mom. You know, she's such a yeah. brat. And, uh, which is interesting. Cause you're listening to Cindy Lauper and then it's Cindy Berman shows up at the, yeah. at the door. I, I don't know if that was intentional, but, um, yeah, it's right. She's got a clip. So now, or at least a diamond, um, that he's, you know, I guess encased in, in or whatever. Yeah. Um, She's been um, she's been trying to uh, restart the ISA or just make her own version of it. Um, so, well, we see more of that in the coming episodes of the, the progress. Yeah, progress of that uh, venture. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing with this episode, it's like I, I'm still. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's. We, we also have the fact that. Uh, um. In this episode, too, uh, Jenny ends up just like kind of disappearing and going away. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I was like, I hope she comes back. Cause that's a pretty big. Oh, I'm sure she will. Uh, I'm sure she will in future yeah. episodes. But yeah, because she wanted to go look for her brother properly. Oh, that's the yeah. other thing too. So she kind of grew up in a foster home. Yeah, and um, she got kicked out because she just turned eighteen, and that's I guess what they do. Like, you can't stay here anymore. So yeah. bye bye. I'm like, wow, that's that's great. Uh, <laughs> yep. and, um, yep. And she just, uh, yeah, she just, um, just goes and cause she was sleeping. She was staying over at the Dugan's house for a few days or whatever. Yeah. And then the one morning she yeah. was just gone. <laughs> that was after, yeah, that was after she absorbed all the power. She could actually fly and stuff like that. And, um, <clears throat> so that's cool. Yeah. So, um, do you want to take a break right now, Matt, and then come back and talk about the next episode? 
Yeah, let's do that. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. Um, after a word from our sponsors. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guest every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry you can find us on apple spotify pretty much wherever you get your podcast hope to see you there And we are back. So, um, yeah, during the break, Matt and I were talking about Pop-Tarts because we were hoping to get them as a sponsor. Um, For the past three years. <laughs> yes. Now, if if you're listening, Kellogg's. <laughs> Please. Because, yeah. you know, corporations are people now, so Kellogg's is just a person that listens to our Yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, the um, so Kellogg's, if you're listening... Um, yes, uh, please, uh, let us, you know, talk about Pop-Tarts and, um, you know, how great they are. Yeah, like, we'll just, we'll promote the hell out of Pop-Tarts every single episode, so. And, and if you don't want to sponsor us, maybe we'll just start talking about, like, great value version Toaster pastries, no, no. <laughs> or um, or just strudels or whatever, you know. Yeah, like toaster strudels. Yes. Yeah, we'll just totally ruin you guys by talking about talking that up. Those are instead pretty, of what we really want to talk. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they they are good, but um, but you know, nothing beats just the pop tart. Good consistency, got yeah. that nice little crunch or crumble. <clears throat> just love them. Just yes. love pop tart. Always have. Always will. Uh, cher- I, I tried the wild cherry a, few, a couple weeks ago. It's been a long time since I did that. I like I liked it. Um, the only thing I didn't like as much was the crust was a little bit different huh. than the strawberry. Yeah, it's, it's like I guess they use like a different like like the wild cherry crust is a little bit more um, brown and it's kind of um, tech- it's got like these little like indentations on the end that the, the strawberry doesn't, but it was okay. I got used to it after a couple, you know, tarts or whatever. So yeah, it'll it'll be okay. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so um, 
know who else likes Pop Tarts? Stargirl. So that's what I've heard. <laughs> and my oh, Mike Dugan. Mike loves Pop Tarts. Oh, yeah. uh, he does. He talks all the time. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> speaking of Mike Dugan, um, so Ooh. yes, in um, episode three here, which is called Summer School Chapter Three, directed by the beautiful Leah Thompson. Awesome. You know, from uh, Back to the Future and Howard the Duck fame. Yep, Howard the Duck. <laughs> um, yeah, she really wants to She wants to uh, reboot Howard the Duck and direct a new movie. Really? I really hope she gets to. She's she's directed a lot of Stargirl episodes. So Really? Yeah. So, yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. So I think or should I say, so cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways... Um, <laughs> The uh, um, this was written by uh, Turi Meyer and uh, Alfredo uh, Septine. Um, this aired on August twenty fourth of twenty twenty one. So okay, here here's how it starts. Eleven years ago, JSA member Johnny Thunder um, meets with uh, Pat to discuss uh, Johnny's. Uh, genie-like partner Thunderbolt. Um, yeah, Johnny Thunder is played by Ethan Embry in the past, too, so, yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Um, in the present, um, we, we see, uh, Mike Dugan experiencing trouble with his, uh, um, his, uh, paperwork business. Um, when he uh, unknowingly grabs, uh, he goes to grab a pen, and uh, he grabs Thunderbolt's pen and uh, activates him. Thunderbolt, by the way, uh, voiced by uh, stand-up comic and actor uh, Jim Gaffigan, so mm-hmm. which was kind of cool, because um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a big Jim Gaffigan fan. Um, yeah, know. me too. He was great on The Boys back in the day. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> not The Boys. My Boys. My Boys. Not The Boys. Sorry. Yeah, My Boys. Sorry. <laughs> be creepy. He's in The Boys. Yeah, never mind. That's a different show altogether. Season three. <laughs> yes. Well, he could be. He's been on a superhero show now. So, yeah. But he's a great actor. Anyways. Yeah, My mm-hmm. bo- my Boys. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. The um, Anyways. So, uh, um. He, he basically activates him and um, act, after uh, he explains how his wish-based powers work um, and uh, seeing the late Johnny in him, uh, Thunderbolt helps Mike seek revenge on his bullies because he has these bullies that have been bullying him as he goes to deliver uh, newspapers and stuff. Um, and uh, it's a really cool scene where uh, they they were uh, the bullies were trying to uh, harass a, a girl selling Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, and um, they uh, he asked for them to stop, and he doesn't realize that you know his his uh, wishes have to be literal. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, he said stop, and then they, you know, they're, they're stopping them by dropping all these stop signs from the sky. 
in a really <laughs> that was weird scene. Cool scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, too, when he activates them, he has to say so cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's not actually the words so cool. It's like an actual word from like a different language yeah. that's pronounced as so cool. So yeah. like um, when he's when he uh, when he activated, well, for one thing, he 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 sort of like pre-activated the pen first when he said he, he he wishes he was a superhero. So then, when he's riding his bike, like he sees all these things like on the street sign saying "so cool" and like the there's like a campaign thing like "vote so cool" and like he's like, "What is you know what the heck is this or you know whatever?" Yeah. And then uh, then he says the words. Then that's when the when Thunderbolts. Um, you know, comes out of the pen or whatever, uh, uh, doing his cool. God, I love that. This episode's so cool. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it, was, said it. <laughs> it, was, it was so cool. And anyway, yeah. so the, um, so anyways, um, Courtney and Yolanda end up seeing this. So they, uh, they tell Pat and, uh, Uh, so uh, basically, uh, they they learned that uh, Johnny's last wish before he died, before Johnny Thunder died, um, was for Thunderbolt to make a new friend. Um. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. So so Mike wants to be part of the JSA now because he says he has superpowers, you know, with the pen. So. <laughs> um. So. Pat ends up, you know, after debating and stuff, ends up allowing uh, Mike to stay, Mike and and uh, and Thunderbolt to stay together and help the new JSA. Um, they're looking for uh, the shade, and uh, they end up uh, figuring out where his location is. Um, Mike and Thunderbolt do, and. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so the JSA goes to confront him, to confront the Shade. They uh, they fail to capture him before he escapes, um, because he starts using all of his powers on them, <laughs> and he's trying to explain that he's you know, he's trying to explain that he's not doing this for bad means or whatever, you know. So, he, yeah, he's um, he's really just wants them just to leave him alone. He's you know explains to them, you know, very patiently, mind you, like, you know, you know, our, our, we had, you know, similar, you know, goals at one point, but I was really never a part of the ISA, you know, um, you know, he made some remark about like, you know, there's, there's nothing worse, you know, there's someone who's trying to destroy the world, but then there's, there's no one worse <clears throat> than those who they're saving the world or something like that. Um, Referring to, you know, Icicle's plan to brainwash the entire country into, you know, being better people <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. From season one. Uh, yeah, he totally kicks their asses with his, all of his shadow power. Uh, it's a really good scene. Um, yes. Uh, he just totally just whips them. The, and best, then the just, best shadow puppet show I've seen. Oh, totally. Oh, wait. No. And, uh, <laughs> The thing is, too, I believed, I mean, we even learned more in the next episode, but I, I believed them, um, because, you know, if he really wanted to do something, he, he would have already done something or he would have 
teamed up with other people, you know, from the, you know, because they didn't really take down the entire ISA because there were still other people that weren't, that were like part of the original ISA, but they weren't there in the season one of Star Girls. So technically, if he really wanted to do something, he could have just found those people and then decided to go to Blue Valley and to, you know, basically just finish what icicles started or or the fact that the world is not lacking for bad people so he could have found anybody (laughs) i mean he could find anyone who's who wants to do something bad yeah but yeah he's really interested in this um diamond he um or whatever it was because he he wanted to um well he wanted to first he wanted to was collect the wizard's wand at first or something like that but then that's when he found the the the, not the di- he found a diamond a case I think yeah he, um, he, he found the case what where the where the gem was in so yeah <clears throat> so then he got interested in that but I think originally he was looking for the the wizard's wand um, for some reason I don't know why yeah. and um but may- maybe he needs it for well I think I know I th- I think I know why he wanted the wand but we'll find out I think the next episode might reveal yeah why he wants it because you know magic wants <laughs> produce magic and why would you need magic unless you needed to fix something that's broken anyway um yes and i have an idea of what's broken but okay. we can talk about that uh, we'll talk about that in speculation here and stuff and yeah. everything um anyway so um so yeah they um they, they realized that the reason what th- that thunderbolt basically attaches himself to people who are lonely and feel like an outcast and stuff like that. So, you know, Barbara and Mike or, I mean, Barbara and, um, and, and, uh, and Pat basically realize that Mike is, um, you know, that they almost feel, they feel guilty for not paying enough attention to him and stuff, you know? So, yeah, I mean, he feels left out. I mean, yeah. You know, he wants to be part of the JSA, or at least wants to mm-hmm. know what's you know, know what's going on. And uh, but man, that that scene in the beginning, though, I, I've watched this episode like three or four times. Um, yeah, because I liked it so much, and um, so I pretty much like have it memorized. But that very first scene always gets me is when Johnny, when it's a flashback from like 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, Johnny, you know, comes in the garage just looking all just sad and because he got benched by Starman and you know they're just talking about like you know what it's like being you know the life of a sidekick and you know Pat's trying to cheer him up like oh you know there's nothing wrong with being a sidekick and he's like yeah but I'm not even that you know I'm the JSA charity case you know and he's talking about the pen saying you know you know on paper you know the Thunderbolt's more powerful than the Flash, Green Lantern, you know, all of them combined, but, you know, you have to be really good using it for it to really have, you know, take effect, you know. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, this thing where um, Wildcat comes in and says that, you know, the ISA's got Solomon Grundy now, so they need, you know, all hands on deck, which is interesting because Pat was just talking about saying how, well, he trusts whatever Starman says or whatever, but then you know, Wildcat, you know, invites Johnny to come with him, but not Pat, and suddenly Pat's now the one that feels, you know, left out or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it always gets me, because uh, Pat was like, 
going to offer Johnny some eggnog. And just as the, um, the elevator's <laughs> closing, Johnny smiles at him and goes, oh, we'll have that eggnog when I get back. And I'm just like, oh, God, that just gets me every time because they all get killed like a half hour later. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to think about that, too. Yeah, I, I hadn't realized when I watched it um, until you just noticed, pointed it out now, and then it makes sense that that was the same night that things happened. It was like that yeah. was like when, and that's the thing too that I think like the show mentions it, you know, a lot, but like I don't really think, at least now they're they're really starting to kind of get into it, but just like the fact that like Pat literally lost all of his friends that night, like everyone, like. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Like he doesn't really talk about it that much, and when he does, he's really kind of abstract about it. Probably just because it's just so much emotion welled up thinking about it. You know? Yeah. Like imagine losing all of your friends in one night. Like it's just yeah. <sighs> That's sad. Yeah, it is. Um, speaking of um of that too, then okay, so basically, uh. So, so the the JSA had had uh, you know um, not been able to capture the shade, um, and uh, so so later that night, Mike ends up making his last wish, was for fun, which he, he unknowingly wishes for Thunderbolt to be in better hands, <laughs> and then the pen ends up at Mike's friend uh, Jakeem Williams' house, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then we cut over to uh, Beth. And uh, the goggles, and Chuck warns her of Eclipso. Mm-hmm. And then that's how it ends. I'm really freaking scared about this, okay? So, um, uh, well, we'll talk about it later because it's actually a trailer for episode five. And we haven't even talked about episode four yet. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, 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 so we'll get to that yeah. in, our, in our speculation yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end. Um, do you want to take another break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and talk about the uh, fourth episode here? Yeah. Okay. And we'll be right back, folks, after a word from maybe Pop-Tarts if they want to sponsor us. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll be right back. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guest every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry you can find us on apple spotify 
pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Hope to see you there. And we are back. Back. Okay. So, um, on to the next episode here, Matt. This is uh, entitled Summer School Chapter 4. Again, directed by Leah Thompson. Um, written by uh, Taylor uh, uh, Streitz. Um, it aired on August 31st of 2021. So, in this episode... We start out with uh, Cindy recruiting Isaac into the new Injustice Society, which is called Unjust- In- Injustice Unlimited. <laughs> um, we, we see where Artemis, which I love that name for some reason, Artemis. Yeah, it's a cool name. I like yeah. it. Um, visits her uh, imprisoned parents to discuss her uh, recent emotional struggles and upcoming football tryouts, but she's, uh, you know, she's living in a foster family that's treating her like shit, basically. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what ends up happening is, uh, Lawrence and, uh, and Brooks break out, um, so Artemis's parents, they break out and they end up, uh, kidnapping Mike <laughs> to uh, force Pat to help them until the tryouts end because they want to they want to be there for the tryouts of their daughter and see her. And they really have no other al- ulterior motive here. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. They're just um, <laughs> being good parents. Like, yeah, we just want to, you know, encourage our daughter and then we'll break back into prison. And then <laughs> it's, um, such a weird couple, Tigers Sportsmaster. Um, yeah, <laughs> just, I don't know. And um, but uh, I feel bad for Artemis. I really do because um, yeah, you know, she, she thinks her parents are innocent. She she knows nothing about the ISA. Um, she just thinks that she comes from a very driven, athletic family that cares about health and you know exercise and you know being ambitious and stuff like that. So. It, you know what really got me about this? Um, I always, I always tend to notice these like little parts of episodes that might not even be like main things, and I just like hyper focus <laughs> on it. Yeah, but uh, like, so like, um, her foster mother is like driving, you know, a pickup truck or whatever, um, to school, and she's just talking on the phone about, you know. Like, oh, yeah, I've got one of my foster kids' parents are in prison. And she's, like, literally sitting, like, next to her in the passenger. I know. It's like, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that in front of the kid, man. <laughs> no. And then she's, like, chewing gum loudly, too, just to be even more obnoxious, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and then just, it just broke my heart when Artemis lifts up her, her bag of lunch and she's like, I can't eat this. It's like a thing of Mountain Dew. And it's like, you know, cause she's used to eating like fresh food. Yeah. You know, like basically like power foods. Cause <clears> like her family or her parents are complete health nuts. And, you know, she's like, you know, I can't eat this. And she's like, well, what are you talking about? It's like, I have tryouts today. What am I supposed to do for fuel? It's like, oh, well, you figure it out. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's, yeah, yeah, because there's like a scene that we have later where uh, Courtney's trying to be nice to her and give her an apple, <laughs> and then you know her anger comes forward and she ends up like crushing the apple and being all sad and everything. So it just sucks. Being all sad, yeah. yeah. Like when I'm sad, I just crush an apple with my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> Like you do, like you do, like you do. Yeah, that's the other thing too. So, is there? All right, in the comic books, I, I haven't really looked into it that much, but are are Sportsmaster and Tigress, and I guess by extension, their daughter, are they at least partly metahuman? Like, not to the point where like they have like huge powers, like the Flash, but like a little bit because like I think she threw I think football, so, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Because when she threw that football, it went way farther than like a normal person would be able to throw. And I remember in the first season when um, when Tigress, the sportsmaster, fought off Our Man and I think um, Star Girl, he was like he like threw like he had like was like juggling these baseballs before like hitting them at people, but like it looked like the balls were like moving in a way where it would not be like a natural way. Like it was almost like they were like levitating a little bit. So I was wondering, like, are they, like, I mean, they're, they're like degrees of being a metahuman, like those who have just like insane powers and those who have like a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's like, um, so. yeah, I don't think they have superpowers from what I've read on line. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Okay. Um, they they may or may not. I mean, in this the adaptation of them, but I don't think in the in the comics they did. But I. Could be wrong. If anybody uh, knows that and wants to let us know, just message me at Mike at Cullen Park, um, dot com. I would uh, like to, um, you know, know more about them. I've done a little reading here and there, but not much, you know, so <clears throat> it's hard to hard to say. Um, but I don't think that either one of them really have superpowers. I think it's more just like their abilities, you know, their like natural abilities, like, of, you know, and determination to, you know. <clears throat> be you know superior sportsman type people you know right yeah I mean because the thing is is like you know like Wildcat doesn't really have powers and other you know it's more the suit sort of thing and a different thing you know the like, suit uh, yeah. yeah it's a yeah so I mean it's like you know like Batman doesn't have powers different you know really Courtney doesn't have any powers it's really the staff that does Right, yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of weird. Um, anyways, uh, so, uh, so, so we have, um, Pat allows, uh, um, allows, uh, the couple to s- stay with them, and they have, uh, and it allows them to, uh, you know, they end up having, like, heart-to-hearts, you know, together, like, uh, about their raising of kids and stuff and different things. Mm. It's, it was just funny like Barbara and um Barbara and and, uh, and and Brooks have have this like you know heart to heart about raising daughters and then you know share some coffee and stuff and <laughs> and then you know it and and like 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 you were saying um I don't know if it was on air or off air about how you think Pat and uh you, you think you think uh, Lawrence was upset, you know, the sportsmaster was upset because he really wanted to be friends with Pat, but then he was upset that he found out he was Stripesy. 
I do think that was what happened. Yeah. Um, because he wanted him to be part of his program, you know, his gym and stuff like that. He wanted want him to get ripped, you know, and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, feel bad for them in a way. Um, even though they're evil and killed people, but, um, the, uh, Right. They killed Isaac's mom. Well, well, yeah. technically, Brooks killed Isaac's mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, then, um, so, so Ar- Artemis uh, ends up, uh, you know, trying out for the for the for the scout from college or whatever. You know, he's there to look at her and stuff, and tries out for the football team. She ends up not getting on the football team. <laughs> um, because of her anger, because she ends up having a she's she's enchanted by Eclipso due to Cindy, <clears throat> and uh, has this uh, vision where there's like these SWAT team type people trying to trying to get her family there in the crowd, watching the watching the tryouts, you know, and uh, ends up attacking Courtney, who's there because she is having these visions that Courtney is one of these SWAT team members. And uh, so basically she's cut from the team because of her anger issues. And uh, not, you know, basically told that she has the abilities, but her anger is going to get her in trouble sort of thing. (laughs) And uh, so uh, Artemis ends up meeting with Cindy and Cindy tries to talk her into joining the Injustice Unlimited. So, um, yep. While this is going on, um, Courtney attempts to research, research Eclipso's origins, which Pat finds out that she knows about Eclipso because of because of uh, Beth being told by Chuck. Um, while she's trying to. Uh, research this, uh, she ends up going to a bookstore and encounters uh, Shade there who reveals that his intent is to eliminate Eclipso. So you you think he's telling the truth and that he is really trying to eliminate Eclipso? Yes, I do. Um, because at the end of um, episode 3, he's he's staying on top of like the clock tower or something. He he closes the case where the diamond was and he says he's going to kill those children. And he had like a, had like a look of concern on his face. Like, like he wasn't going to allow that to happen. So I, I think he's telling the truth. Cause he, he also told Courtney too. He said, you know, don't you know there's a difference between bad and evil? You know, you know, a bad, you know, a bad person, you know, you might break a rule here, do something there, but Eclipso is like just the complete manifestation of Itself. And um and he also too he mentions how he killed um Dr. Midnight's daughter, which is kind of weird for him to mention to Courtney, like like almost like he cares about this and yeah. all that. It just seems odd that he would bring that up, like um because you know, they still think he killed Dr. Midnight and he's 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 been denying it for the past two episodes. Like, oh, so you were there, you know what happened and stuff like that. You have no idea what you're talking about, and you know if he had killed Doctor Midnight, he just would have just been like, "Yeah, I killed him." Like, and um, you know, we find out. So I, I'm starting to wonder if he kind of has like a 
almost like a, a soft spot for Dr. Midnight because, you know, he's talking about the fact that Eclipso killed his daughter when she was just 10 years old. That was the girl in the first episode who was being enticed by that little boy to go to the birthday party and steal the present, one of the presents. Um, yeah. And that, that, that was Dr. Min, Dr. McDider. Um, but his code name is Dr. Midnight. Um, that was his daughter and then Eclipso killed her. And we find out how, you know, she was killed because when Eclipso killed, um, um, Bobby Berman, just like basically just like a pile of ash essentially. And, um, after he like takes the person's essence or whatever, um, he, we, we find out later that, um, okay. So, so Dr. Midnight keeps, trying to contact Beth here and there. And like, he can only talk for like a few seconds at a time and it always cuts out. And he, she, she thinks it's his AI coming back <clears throat> because that's who Beth was talking to throughout the first season. But we find out that it's actually Chuck himself. Who's talking, not his yeah, AI. Yeah, it's, a, it's, and, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Dr. Midnight himself. And um, he's, uh, he's actually, uh, Wandering through a dark location at the end of the episode, so he's he's stuck somewhere in some kind of realm of some sort, <clears throat> like a shadowy realm. So yeah, so obviously the shade or Richard Swift um, trapped him there, and so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But my theory is for right now is that given the fact that he mentioned the fact that Dr. Midnight's daughter was killed by Eclipso and that he, quote, trapped him inside the Shadow Realm instead of killing him that night when, when pretty much all the JSA were killed. I think his intention was to just take him back once the battle was over, but he doesn't really have complete control of it. And that's why I think back in Season 2 when he was looking for the Wizard's Wand, Maybe he needs a spell or something to be able to get get back to that access of that. Like maybe he doesn't have complete control over like the shadows or whatever, you know. And um, yeah, he like basically I think trapped uh, Midnight there to protect him. Yeah, that's what I think. I really, I mean, we'll find out, but I I think that's what his intention was because you know, we keep we keep you know we keep being introduced to these ideas like the difference between bad and evil and you know things like that and. Um, how he wasn't really a member of the ISA. He was more of like he was there sort of like as a consultant role, mm-hmm. if you will. Like he wasn't actually part of the team. And, and um, <clears throat> so, so we'll see. But what, 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 what scares me um, when I did the, the trailer for episode five is um, uh, Pagey had a video where it says, um, um, Eclipso kills and it has question mark. And what's what's freaking me out about that is because in the comic books, Eclipso kills Yolanda and Beth. I'm like, if he does that, I'm, I'm not watching the rest of the season. It's over. Like, I'm, I'm just going to not watch it. <laughs> so it might I, be the uh, last episode for me. I, I really hope that doesn't happen, and I don't think it will because these characters are established and we care about them. I know that. Yeah. It, I mean, I if anything, I could see them maybe killing one of them. But I don't think they'll kill both. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I, hopefully that doesn't happen at all either. Um, 
maybe somebody else will be killed. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not anyone that soon we, or and someone not, that... Not anybody that we care about. Um. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, may, maybe... Maybe it'll be Starman because he's been. Maybe he'll come back at the end and he'll actually die for real this time. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. I just want some more. I just want some more Joel McHale. Come on, Bring yeah, I back. know. <laughs> he was in the first episode. You know, teased us. You know, yeah. and then and then that's it so far because he's apparently they don't have like the internet and cell phones anymore where you can just find out where someone lives. Like you have to travel the country, which again, which again, I, I think. I, I think I think their time travel. I, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm like I'm, I can't talk about it. I think there's a possibility that the JSA that we have in this in this show, like 2010, they I have a feeling that they actually may have come from a previous time itself. Yeah, but they happen to be existing in the like 2010s because everything about it, the cars that they drive, the clothes that they wear, it has a very 1950s, 1960s style to it. And I just don't think that's by accident. And, um, and a lot of the old photographs they show with stripes seeing them, like a lot of the photographs are either in black and white or they're extremely faded. I mean, modern phones, cameras have been pretty decent for the past 20 years. So like, and even even more so in the past ten years. So you tell me you couldn't get a decent photograph from ten years ago. It doesn't yeah, look I mean, like it's in, in two thousand ten, I was posting. We we were all. I mean, we were all posting pictures on Facebook, right? You know. So why why is it limited to just you know real photographs and not you know? There's no digital photographs, so who knows, you know? <laughs> I, I really do think there's something we'll find out later. And there's, there's been hints here and there. I mean, because Pat talked about how, because um, cause, um, Courtney asked, asked him about what happened to Perdegaton, which is interesting because in the first season of Legends of Tomorrow, Perdegaton is like the main villain. Well, not really, but he's perceived as being one of the main villains of, the, of that season. And, um, who he was he was basically being brainwashed by Vandal Savage to kind of be like a really authoritarian type of dictator or whatever. Yeah. And um and, and so he he um he he kind of is taken aback. He's like per day at the time, like he hadn't thought about him in years. And he says, Oh, uh, the Flash, he he banished him to an alternate timeline. And we know from the Flash how Barry loves or or anyone who's the Flash loves jumping through timelines all the time. So um so we have that kind of hint. And from season one, we know that Shiny Knights, he actually literally came from a different time period. He was like from like the 1400s or something like that. And he ended up somehow becoming part of the JSA. So it's like time travel has already been somewhat established. Yeah. And we do know that at some point in the season, I don't know when, John Wesley's ship is showing up as Jay Garrick. Right. Yeah. So. So. That might be we'll, the way we'll that there might be the way that they're going to connect this show to the Flash Arrow universe sort of thing, you know. So yeah, we'll indeed, see, we'll see what happens. Um, any other thoughts here, Matt? Before we wrap things up. Um. Oh yeah, actually, one more thing. So um, uh, when uh, when um, Cindy is um. She goes down to like the lair, you know, or whatever, where they used to have like the ISA meetings, which is a part of um, her 
father's house. And uh, Eclipso um, tells her to like envision what, you know, what she wants her team to look like. So then like the team shows up on like the, the mural where like the old ISA was. Yeah. It's like the new leader. She's like wearing her, like her shiv outfit or whatever. And Mike Dugan is part of the team again. For some reason, she wants Mike on that team. We don't know why. I've got a theory why, though. What's that? I think I think Mike is going to be jealous or envious of Jaquim because he's going to be the true master of Thunderbolt. And I think it's going to cause a rift in their friendship. And then he's going to be raw, you know, emotionally raw. And, and Cindy, you know, again, let's not kid ourselves. Cindy, you know, is, is a pretty girl. So she might, and she was already kind of flirting with Isaac to begin with when she first came up to him. Yeah. Like, do you want to be my friend? You know, stuff like that. And so she might do the same thing to Mike, like, you know, like, oh, you know, so, you know, someone pretty is, you know, paying attention to him, you know, type of thing when no one else is, you know? So I don't know. That's just my theory. Um, yeah, I really hope they don't make Mike bad, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't think he's going to permanently. Uh, my my theory is he he might join for like a minute just to kind of like get back at his parents, but like he doesn't have like any actual intention on like hurting anyone. And then he's going to have a change of heart. And then they're going to beat him up probably really bad because he's not allowed to leave the team. And then that's going to like cause like a bunch of tension between the two groups. Then we're going to have like a huge battle at school at the end of summer school probably. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully. We find out soon. Um, if you have any other uh, thoughts yourself about speculation of future episodes of Stargirl, um, send them over to me at Mike at CullenPark.com or on our All Too Real 2 podcast Facebook group. Um, those are the best ways to uh, discuss this. Um, also, uh, if you could, folks, uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it really helps us to get seen by people. If you have any other uh, suggestions of how to share our show and how to get people to listen, um, let us know, too. Um, we want to help grow our our community here, and uh, we feel that you're part of it here, our listeners, um, anybody that's listening. Um, we uh, love to hear any kind of feedback you have. If you think that we suck, let us know. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, you know, just what, whatever it takes. Um, eat your Pop-Tarts, people. Um, <laughs> you know... Check out our uh, our um, Patreon, our uh, T Public. Um, also, uh, wear a freaking mask, people. Wear a freaking mask. Wear a condom. <laughs> Not all the time, though. Only when you need to. Yeah. You know. But yeah, get get a vaccination, people. Don't take horse medicine, and. Um, <laughs> You know, until next time, bye bye Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.